You are listening to the Horizons Church Podcast. What's exciting for you these days, Ethan? Ooh, what's exciting for me these days? That is a loaded question. Many things, many things, but specifically, man, I could rattle off a list, right? I think topping those charts, though. It's got to be Obi-Wan Kenobi. Yeah, buddy. (sighs) That Kenobi teaser dropped. Oh, so good. I didn't know it could be so good. I know. I dare not hope. And now you have a new hope. I (laughs) 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 don't. It looks amazing. Doesn't it? All the themes from the prequels. It just, it's beautiful. It's so well put together. Whoever did that, get them a raise. (laughs) They have cut together an excellent trailer. That's exactly right. And I got to say, very impressed with what Disney Plus has done with Star Wars content. Good distinction. Yeah, because overall, been not super thrilled with Mm. Disney and their handling of Star Wars. A little bit of a whiff. In general. We've talked about this many times, but like Force Awakens, enjoy The Force Awakens. I don't care for it. Last Jedi, the more I think about it, Mm -hmm. I think the last time I watched it was last year, but like, no, it just, it does not. I do not like it. It is not, it does not feel like a Star Wars movie in any way. It tried way too hard to be... Mm. Guardians mm. of the Galaxy in <laughs> in Star Wars. Yeah. And that's not what Star Wars is, you know? Mm. And also, I hate what they did with the Luke. I sure. hate it. Like, yes. there's just no way. No way. <laughs> I, totally I, I don't believe it anymore. Like, I, <laughs> at first, when I first watched it, I was giving it the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. Like, no. This yeah. is, that's terrible. Mm. And Rise of Skywalker. Mm-hmm. I did like it for what it was. Yeah. The funny thing about that, and I agree with you, actually, at that point in the series, my standards were different. Because I'm like, yeah. you've made two movies from different trilogies, and you've taped them together. Mm-hmm. Like, they don't really belong yeah. that, in, at least in you know from my perspective. So what can you do with a third one? Nothing. So, like, let's just have fun. And I did. I did yeah. have fun. Like, it's visually impressive. It definitely has problems, but I had a fun time in the theater. Yeah. But yeah, what Disney Plus has done, yeah. eons ahead. Yeah. Some of the best Star Wars content out there. Oh, yeah. The Mandalorian. I Amazing. Amazing. What they've done with the Clone Wars. That's true. Man, that was amazing. Yeah. It's just so good. Yeah. And now it looks like they are about to, really? Lord willing, please, mm. hit it out of the park. With exactly. I was, thinking, Kenobi. I was thinking the same words. What's going on? What is going on? Wow. Mind meld. Yeah. I really thought, watching this trailer, who knows what's in store. Limited series. I love that. We get to spend yeah. a ton of time with a character, but hopefully it's a true limited concise story. But I'm thinking as I'm watching this, this could be like the first thing to really, really rival Rogue One. Yes. <sighs> Fully agreed, because Rogue One is the best. It Star is the Wars. best. Oh, we're going to make so many enemies. Anything. <laughs> Well, you know, what's funny about that is I feel like that is a controversial statement, mm-hmm. but I've talked to two guys recently yeah. who grew up... <laughs> Sample group of two. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I realized that. So I was like, oh, wow, a vast majority, but two, not like older, older guys, but older than us yes. who were very young children when Star Wars was first released. Yeah. They both also said Rogue One is their favorite. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't that wild? Because I was, so cool. when I said that, when they asked, like, so what's your favorite? Mm. Moment of vulnerability. I'm like, yeah. it's Rogue One. Yeah. But they were like, yeah. <laughs> And it's all the same reason, like, it stands alone as a great story. Yes. But it is really faithful to the Star Wars Mm -hmm. universe. And also it fills in some awesome, like, gaps between episode three and A New Hope. Yeah. Also, greatest lightsaber Darth Vader scene in the history of the world. (laughs) It's amazing. Like, I basically want to watch the movie just to get to that scene. Not really, but, like, I mean... (laughs) But it's still worth it. The moment of ecstasy in the movie theater when... (laughs) 
<laughs> you hear the breath and the red lightsaber goes off and he is just oh, absolutely man. yeah it's like watching that you finally fully i think understand oh this is why everyone's scared to death of darth vader yes and some of i think the most beautiful shots in the franchise are in yeah. that film mm-hmm. so good it is so good so man. anyway there's your star wars banner for the day everyone's yeah. like we didn't come here for star wars we came here for <laughs> theology bible you know etc etc et i mean at this point you know you're here for the banter <laughs> at least for the first four minutes you know you know you're here for the banter and this time it wasn't coffee so this time right we could have you know we could have we always dark side dark roast what <laughs> i can make a connection anywhere <laughs> oh yeah yeah and uh lots of people can make connections to things that you wouldn't want to <laughs> you know Is that so? they connect words to things that you wouldn't want to you wouldn't want to do you know what i mean i think so. i think that's, i do that's our little segue into yeah. the into the i'm not making a good it's a no i was convinced. podcast segue <laughs> you actually you had it until you <laughs> until i pointed <laughs> out i'm like oh wait look at its weaknesses like you're right yeah that was the magino line of segues <laughs> A little World War II reference for you there. The great pastor and theologian J.C. Ryle, someone reminded me of this quote recently. Hmm. He once said that the absence of accurate definitions is the very life of religious controversy. Oh, wow. Which uh, we have quite a bit of these days. <laughs> yeah. Actually, you could argue we've had religious controversy since the days of Cain and Abel. Oh. Yeah, taking yeah. it all the way back. In other words, what J.C. Ryle was getting at is that if we're caring about hazy and unclear definitions of certain terms in our mind, Minds, mm. We're more liable to get into all kinds of unnecessary arguments, debates, and conflicts. Yeah. And I do say unnecessary intentionally mm. because there are times where you know, such unpleasant experiences are necessary. Like you do have to contend for the faith once for all handed down to the saints, as Jude would say. But a lot of the time, maybe the majority of the time, <laughs> we would save ourselves and others a lot of trouble. If we just asked a simple question when somebody used a term in a loaded way hmm. and we were feeling the fires of indignation <laughs> yeah, rise within yeah, us. Yeah. And that question is, what do you mean by that? Yeah. I struggle to think of an area in life where that is not true. Mm, yeah. Isn't that right? <sighs> that doesn't apply just to theology and religion. It applies to everything, basically. Yeah, right? Yeah. Even if you're in a heated debate about Star Wars <laughs> movies and which one is your... What do you mean <laughs> it's the best? <laughs> uh, Define no. the best. Yeah, because I think, especially, I like how you said, like, using these terms that might be hazy and vague, but you use them in loaded ways. That just means there's so much baggage in the conversation. Yes. The baggage that you are bringing to the table, that they're bringing to the table. Mm. What good can come of that? Yes. Typically, none. No, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I feel like, especially you probably, you've suffered through this perhaps more than <laughs> most, but I mean, if you've heard me say it once, you've heard me say it a thousand times. Like, what do you mean by that? Yeah. Or what do you mean by using that term? Mm. What do you mean by that phrase? You know, what do you mean when you say that we're justified by faith would be an example of that? What do you mean when you say that our works matter for salvation? What do you mean when you say that we're born sinners? Like, you just, you could go on and on and on. You could apply that question to basically anything of significance. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just in the points that you brought up, there are hours of conversation to be had just explaining those terms. It sounds like a basic principle where you get this bit of familiar terminology Mm -hmm. until you start examining the implications. Yes. It's a lot deeper than that. It is, it is. And I do want to before we continue on much further, say that it is good and in some way necessary to have shorthand terms to sum up big concepts. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, you don't want to, yeah. you can't spend all day constantly trying to hash out, like, definitions. I mean, that's sure. just exhausting and not tenable. But those 
sorts of moments are meant to facilitate discussion between people who already have a shared, perhaps, viewpoint on an mm, issue or okay. a shared worldview or something like that, yeah. which we will demonstrate here momentarily because that's exactly when you get into trouble is when you use a term in a way that you think, oh, he understands everything I mean by that. Mm. And he's operating perhaps from a different assumption. It really is essential for us to ask this question, especially in these polarizing times, because if we don't, when we come to those moments where someone's using a freighted and weighted term or they're making a statement that's really perhaps volatile, yes. if we don't ask this question, we risk slandering others, perhaps, and starting fights that might be completely illegitimate and unnecessary. When all the while there's actually perhaps a real threat on our flank that we're completely missing as a result of getting caught up in a religious controversy <laughs> that we didn't need to get caught up into. Right. And it's especially grating to me personally when <laughs> like you'll have some folks participating in a discussion and someone will make a statement and the other person will not ask any clarifying questions. They will just leave that conversation and then go and tell a bunch of people, oh, this person believes X, Ooh. Y, and Z because they made statement A when all the while it's like, whoa, 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 like that is not necessarily true. Like you are making some pretty broad assumptions there and you should have asked some clarifying questions. Like, because if you're wrong, you may be right. Sure. If you're wrong though, which typically happens, that's slander. And Christians, that's a sin. (laughs) You're basically bearing false witness. So uh, you don't want to do that. And again, like I said, you can't do this constantly. You know, you can't ask, what do you mean about every single word that comes out of somebody's mouth? We can't do it constantly. (laughs) What do you mean by constantly? (laughs) (laughs) Do you mean that literally, you know? No, because I mean, that's just, that is, that's just silly. I mean, but again, important words, they get thrown around to try and make serious points. We should at least practice some vigilance and be watchful in asking questions of ourselves and others about what we're trying to communicate with certain terms. So let me give you two brief-ish examples of why this is such an important question for us to carry in our pockets. And I may have shared this first one before, so if I have, forgive me, because I just can't remember. My memory fails me. But during the Protestant Reformation in the mid-1500s, perhaps you're familiar, an attempt was made to reunite the church. Okay. Because the primary issue at hand was whether or not Protestants and Catholics could agree on the essential nature of saving faith, Hmm. which is an important issue to get sorted out. It's notable. Yeah, like that's not really something you can just say like, well, we just, you know, we're going to not worry about coming to terms with that and, you know, whatever. It's not exactly a fourth rank doctrine. No, no, it is not. That is... Right up there. First rank. You know, you saving faith is important, to put it mildly. So they were trying to figure out if they could agree on the essential nature of saving faith. So the short of it was this. Protestants claimed that we are justified by faith alone and that works of love are the natural consequence of a truly justifying faith. Mm-hmm. Follow that? That's like, it's familiar. Like, yeah, that's, that's, that's pretty typical. <laughs> You'll hear that. If you've spent any amount of time in a church, you're, you're probably eventually going to hear something that sounds like that. Yeah. Okay? Whereas Catholics were claiming that love was a prerequisite hmm. to being justified, like that they had to go together so that it wasn't faith alone. They took real issue with that clause, faith alone. Hmm. Real problem. There's a required participation Aside from faith. Yes. Mm, Yes. And Protestants also want to clarify that, like, faith is just an instrument. Like, because there's a way of approaching faith that says, oh, faith is a work. So, I see. Like, no, it's not. It's just the way we receive. Okay. Okay. So, that's no small difference. Like, at the point you're talking about that, that really is, you know, I mean, Martin Luther, his conscience was tormented for years over that question. I mean, torment. Like, the man almost drove himself crazy over that. At any rate, in 1541, so you remember Martin Luther nailed his 95 theses to the church door in Wittenberg in 1517. Okay. So we are now... That's some some time has passed. Yeah, we're now almost 25 years into the Reformation. Mm -hmm. 
And in 1541, it looks like an accord had actually been made between Protestants and Catholics. What? Really? Yeah, really. A conference of theologians from both sides of the aisle gathered together in Regensburg, Bavaria, to try and end the long-standing schism. So they wanted to try and reunite the church. They get theologians, astute, gifted from both sides. And astonishingly, after much debate, writing, and questions, and whatnot, they came up with a statement on justification that everyone agreed to. What? Yeah. And the statement was, sinners are justified by faith. I so, see. problem solved, right? Uh, this is just too good to be true. <laughs> Frankly, <laughs> everyone's looking around like, but there are still Catholic churches exactly. and Protestant churches among us, right? <laughs> exactly. So what happened? This is like, this is the kind of thing that only works if you never ask a single question about it. Ooh. It's it's a Jenga tower of viewpoints just waiting to collapse. <laughs> it's so precarious. You are exactly right. And that metaphor is so apt. <laughs> Because obviously the problems were not solved and yeah. the union was not reached. The glaring issue that you just touched on was that this statement was far too ambiguous to actually be helpful. Mm, yeah. Because a Protestant could look at a Catholic and ask, do you believe that sinners are justified by faith? And that Catholic could respond, yes, with all sincerity and truth. They could sincerely agree to that statement. Right. Yet all the while, both the Protestant and the Catholic would maintain completely different understanding of what those mm. words meant and implied. Yeah. They did not mean at all the same thing by saying that. So they may have had the appearance of unity, but it was just that. It was just the appearance of it. There was no substance to it. There was no real agreement because they still meant totally different things by those words. Yeah. It was really just a unity in name alone. Yes. Ironically, there's this idea, I think, that, oh, if we could even just have that, that would be fine. But it's not real. It's not real. And as soon as you get to the point where you really need to teach substantively on it, or when someone else has a question, as inevitably people will, yeah. like, just the statement justified by faith needs explanation. I, have you ever been in a room with someone in utter total silence, knowing that not a word can be spoken or at all <laughs> Yeah, shatters? right. Like, you know, like, if I say anything to, like, add on to this, yeah. there will be obvious differences and it's going to create issues. It's an existence on eggshells. Right, exactly, exactly. So, you know, in other words, the Protestant could say, I believe that sinners are justified by faith. And what he would actually mean is, I believe that sinners are justified by faith alone and Christ alone and that sinners contribute nothing to their justification and that good works are the overflow of justification. That's right? the familiar one. Right, yeah, and that they're not a prerequisite for it. Whereas the Catholic could say, I believe that sinners are justified by faith. And what they would actually mean is, I believe that faith is one part right. of what justifies a sinner in the eyes of God. And so if they both said what they actually meant, their disagreement would become clear immediately. Yeah. Then, of course, you're right back to square one. <laughs> so they, they write this accord, and then they both like add an asterisk at the end of yeah, it. Yeah, and like, just don't look at the asterisk, man. <laughs> don't look at the footnotes. And that's exactly, basically what happened mm. is the Protestants went back to Luther, and the Catholics went out to the Pope. And both Luther and the Pope were like, no, this is, this is rubbish. <laughs> For exactly that reason, they're like, you, like, uh, I know we still don't agree because yeah. you didn't define these terms carefully enough. And if you go back to them and tell them what we actually think, oh, yeah, there's no accord. We still disagree on this. And that is why, to this day, we still have a, well, among many reasons, but one of them is this distinction on justification still does exist between yeah. our Catholic cousins and we of the Protestant stripe. So the point here is that ambiguous words and big tent phrases may help us maintain a foggy sense of illusory unity. Oh, that's a great way to put it. Yeah, but they don't actually create real 
unity. And that's, I think, the ironic thing. And it really is important this day because I think we do want to strive for peace and unity. Yeah. Because it is true. I mean, Jesus died for the unity of the church. Exactly. So disunity is heartbreaking. At the same time, however, you're not going to achieve what Paul would call the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God this way, by like coining big tent phrases that are ambiguous enough. I think, what was it, J.I. Packer? He called this kind of thing studied ambiguity. Right, where wow. it's like you were like you were working really hard to be ambiguous enough that like oh everyone could agree to this statement yeah. and not agree in the substance of things I can at see all. How it's tempting though. It is because if you can maintain this eggshell existence long like technically no one's you know mm. going crazy at each other. Yeah. But you're also living on eggshells yeah. all the time and you're constantly like if you were actually living in a world like that all the mm. time in no, real no, no. life, right. which none of us do, thank God. But like if you did, like you would never be able to speak yeah. without constantly running your mind through the most careful filter. Hmm. It's just, that's just not tenable. I mean, we could all use more careful filters. But <laughs> yeah, that's, that's uh, also true. But yeah, I guess in thinking about this, it's also important to remember, like, what is actually worth that confrontation? There, right. There are plenty of things I'm like, just like, hey, there are some different positions on this, and it's actually just the disunity that results from this is actually not worth it. Because right. it's not for a strength. Yeah, exactly. But then as we see here, some things are. Right. And those are the things you can't really abide this kind of false sense of peace. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Because there are some things that people think, oh, well, if you're disagreed on some third rank yeah. issue, like frustrating, but yeah, it's like, oh, sure. that's annoying. But we actually still have unity. Exactly. If we're agreed on like the gospel. Yeah. So we don't actually have disunity on that. But real unity does happen when we draw lines and agree on where those lines should be drawn. Mm. Like that's where you can actually find real unity. And so I promised the second example and the more modern one that's a little more, <laughs> yeah, a little more on the abstract side, but like, you, know, you could have any number of people pull out a reference to 1 John 4, 7 and say God is love. Like I, people, every possible camp of Christendom or even not Christendom, right? Yeah. And in an attempt to, I mean, I could, they could be saying anything. They could be using that to say, <laughs> let's not address the uncomfortable topics like sin and hell because that makes people uncomfortable. And if you make people uncomfortable, that's unloving. Mm. And God is love, so you wouldn't do that. Or you could say God is love and love addresses uncomfortable things. And you could use that almost as an excuse to like beat people with a tire iron to say like, oh, the loving thing to do here is to oh, constantly yeah. but like misappropriate how to do it. Right. So you could take a statement like that, that theoretically, let's just keep it to Christendom and Christianity. Someone could just say those words. God is love. You can't disagree with those words. <laughs> That's stupid. Like they're, they're in the Bible. They're inspired. It's true. It's a true statement. However, we need to ask, what do you think John meant when he said God is love? Like, what do you think God means when he says that he is love? Because when it comes to the Bible, especially, we're not merely dealing with what we think it means, right? Like we also have to reckon with what the original authors are trying to communicate. Yeah. And when we're even saying that, we're not just dealing with human authors merely. Mm. We're dealing with God working through those human authors. Mm. So you're getting a couple layers deep yeah. Intention on this issue. and context are essential. Exactly. Exactly. So all that is to say is that in this day and age when Twitter is one of the most popular ways to communicate and you can only say so much in 280 characters, it really is necessary to keep this question in our back pockets to say like, what do you mean by that? And to arrive at those clearer definitions so that we can see where the real differences are and where the real similarities are. And so that we're not slandering people and that we're not engaging in unnecessary fight. Mm, you know, we're yeah. not dying on the wrong hills. Mm. And so that we know where to give our full attention. And you're just not going to be able to do that if you go around constantly assuming all the time, oh, they mean the same thing that I mean by that. Like, right. we are on the same plane of understanding with this term or this statement. Like, mm. it's very possible you are, but also very possible you are not. And so it's always 
good to find out what's going on there. And it just never hurts to ask, you know, like, well, what do you mean by that? Like, explain that more. At least I'll say it this way. I've never found it harmful in a situation <laughs> to to uh, ask that question. It's elite. I mean, you're given a peaceable discourse a chance anyway. Yes. I mean, it could explode. It could yeah. ex- Maybe they're impossible to deal with. Right. But I think, you know, due diligence requires yes. you to at exactly. least make an attempt to That's not right. slander someone. Yes, exactly. Exactly. So, hey, hope this was helpful to you. If you have questions about what we meant <laughs> by anything we said yeah. in this podcast, you can yeah. you can ask us. We will read and respond. We'll, yeah. We'll respond in some way. Yeah, we will. You just shoot it in an email to podcast at horizonschurch.net. You can interact with us on social media. And if you did happen to find this helpful and you want to leave us an honest five-star review, Ooh. you know, make sure your terms are, are clear. <laughs> you know, that's it. Well, that was cute. What do you mean by that? Yeah. If you do that. So, hey, thanks as always for listening. And we will catch you next time. Mm-hmm.